Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Well, hey, everybody. It is me, Rosie O'Donnell, star of the Flintstones. Um, I have to say, lots going on in my life right now. So many issues involving rodents. I mean squirrels. Uh, They are in the rodent family, and everybody tells me that in my my little messages on my social media. But um, what I did was I thought, you know, let me get a bird feeder that takes pictures of the birds and put it where the squirrels can reach it. And I could get all these photos of, you know, because I I have a hard time holding the phone and getting the right angle while I'm doing, you know, it's, so I thought this would solve my problem, but you know what? It ruined everything. It really did. Because first of all, they they stopped having interest in me. Here I was imagining that I really meant something to them, that I am like a member of their universe and reality. No, they just want the nuts. They don't care about me, you know? So I would go sit in the one seat that I sat in when I was training them, and they would come and look at me and then run up to the squirrel feeder, like, screw you, O'Donnell, you know? (laughs) I was like, this cannot be happening, you know? So I took down the bird feeder. I took it down. I might put it up in the tree and get pictures of the birds, and maybe that will be fine. But um, I just feel as though it really caused tremendous damage in my neediness of them. I like when they come and take it from my hand. I feel like Snow White when it's going on. I like to give them a little scratch underneath. I like to have a connection with my squirrels. And, you know, Lori, the producer of this podcast, said... um, you know, Ro, you've been doing this for over 25 years, and it's true. When my show ended, I had my first squirrel, Shady. And um, now I have four more in the backyard. And uh, I have to say, I'm a much happier person now that they're coming up and taking it right from my hand. So there you go. Listen, we have a wonderful show today. I want to get right to it. How do I begin to tell you about my guest today? He's one of the most talented humans I know, honest to God. And I've known him 
since we were both in our very early 20s. His journey begins with the Grand Slam winner of the very first season of Star Search. He was 21 years old, and I was on the following season, and I met him, and we became best of friends. Uh, After he did Star Search and won, uh, he got a record contract with Motown, and he did Broadway shows and Tonys and Drama League Awards and People's Choice Awards and you know, he and legendary collaborators. He's he's almost from another era in showbiz. He's best buddies with Liza Minnelli. He worked with Michael Jackson, Barack Obama. His credits are endless, endless, endless. And, uh, you know, he is also an author. He is an author of a book, The Substance of All Things. And it is beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. He is my friend of 40 years, um, he has, you know, he has been there and I have been there and we've been through it all. We're going to catch up and chat onward with me and Sam Harris right now. Enjoy. Here he is, my friend and yours, Sam Harris. Hi, sweetheart. Hi, sweetheart. Row, row, Happy row. holidays. How are I'm you? I'm really good. There you go. You look really good and you look really happy. And when I saw you last, it was such a wonderful little afternoon lunch because, uh, you know, I miss you. I miss you and Danny and your beautiful son, who I totally fell in love with. Did he like that hoodie he I gave him? He loves the hoodie. And I, see, I do too. Am yeah, I allowed good. to wear it? Of course, you're kidding me. Okay. Now we first met on Star mm. Search in 1984. I was on. You were on 83, right? Yeah. Yes. And I remember vividly watching you, Sam, with your tuxedo <laughs> jacket and your <laughs> high tops and your adorable haircut, and your voice was—I don't even know how to explain it. You have what I consider to be. The internet voice, which which means, here's my theory, somebody like Ariana Grande, unlike you and me, did not grow up having to wait once a year to see The Sound of Music yes. on TV. She could just watch it over and over and over and then mimic and, and listen and be inspired by. And But you didn't, you're yes. my age, and, and you had a voice that, that sounded like You'd been doing it for 50 years and had like already reached the pinnacle of, of vocal wow. excellence on Star well, Search. But, Don't well, you think you're, that? You're I mean, sweet, it was but a. You know what? We didn't have, we couldn't go on, you know, YouTube, but we did have records, right. vinyl even. And that's, you know, that's I would sing in my room all the time. And I had a very, right, very right. peculiar, you know, I grew up in the little town in Oklahoma and I had this very peculiar sense of I would listen to like Aretha Franklin and Billie Holiday and and right I listened to Edith Piaf I mean like how did I know who Mm. Edith Piaf was that's what I was thinking how did you know did your parents listen well my grandmother gave me a a Judy Garland at Carnegie Hall record which you know, I played Mm. you know what I'm listening to this Billie Holiday Judy Garland Aretha Franklin these are people who sang with their soul. They sang with honesty. And, you know, yes. uh, if I have a gift, I think it's that 
I, I, I tell a story. I am a lyric guy above all. Yes. I am a lyric guy. And mm. so the stuff that comes out of my mouth is influenced by the lyric. I don't do like, you know, riffs and things for the sake of them. I, I like, they, the lyric tells you what to do, right? Mm, mm. Yeah. You were 21 years old. Well, where did they find you? How did you I get on the story? I just heard this story. Um, Steve Stark was the talent searcher person. And I was playing in yeah. this dumpy, dumpy, dumpy little dark, nasty dive called The Horn in Santa Monica. Like the kind of place you don't want to see the lights on, right? Mm, and yeah. I was singing there for like $25 a set, you know. And he was just looking around all these places. And I just, because I just reunited with Steve a few weeks ago. We went to Vegas and saw Brad Garrett and Sawyer Brown together. Oh my God, are you kidding? Yeah, it was amazing. Anyway, so Steve tells the story about he was looking at all these little places and he went to a payphone because we didn't have cell phones. Right. And he called the producer, Sam Riddle. You remember Sam? Oh, yes. And, and he said, he held the phone out and said, listen to this. Mm. He, while I was singing mm. live, I never knew that. So they called me in. But Ro, I sang for them in this. They were so unorganized. It was the first year. It was a room, like a 10 by 15 room with eight people in it behind the table. And they didn't have enough room for the piano. The piano was in the hall. God, and I stood in the doorway and sang my took us off and they rejected me. No. Like five times. I learned, I thought they rejected me once. Steve told me that they rejected me multiple times because he kept pushing and I was too theatrical. I was too not, uh, I think they wanted sort of a cookie cutter pop thing. Uh, and finally he said, I think this is going to, you know, get us some attention. So now they threw would, me on. would in 1983, would too theatrical yeah. be code words for too gay? Could be. Cause Sam Riddle I told mean, me that I was too much of a dom tomboy to ever succeed in didn't. show business. Did he really? To my face, yeah. He said, well, you'll never work in show business because you're too tough and you're, you're too much, you know, too tough was the code word that he, that he used. And I remember well, feeling- too theatrical. Yeah, too theatrical. Yeah, no, no kidding. Well, maybe. Yeah. And also, but you remember, you know, they didn't tell us, it's not like these talent shows now where they dress you and they mentor you and they talk about, you know, and, or, and they give them the catalog. It was so so simple and so raw. We got to do whatever we wanted. Yes. They, you know, I, I mean, I got to choose my own material. When I walked in with that outfit, mm. with the tails and the and the sneakers yes. and the high tops, and the, they, I mean, I got like what? Right, really? right, right. But they didn't argue, and so I got to represent myself. Did they? Hey, did they? Uh, did they look at your material or in advance or censor it or anything? Never. No. We had 90 See? seconds and the clock ticked down from 90 seconds right in front wow. of you on the, um, where the judges were and you had to be done before it hit zero. So, you know, I was on a bunch of times in a row and by the, yeah. you know, I was 22 and by the time I was on like the fifth or sixth time, I didn't have any material left. And I would call <laughs> friends. I called friend comedians, but we were all young, you know. So can I use that right. joke about the waterbed? Can I use that? And, you know, and it was uh, unbelievably life-changing for me. And I know for you, too, to be shot sure. in the stratosphere on a show at, at a time when they were just introducing a new network, right? It's almost like 
that that yeah. show it really propelled me into working across the country into being sure. a headliner instead of an opening act you know it, it was it was life altering it, it was well look at the time i mean there yes. were three what four channels right and so we had 25 million people a week watching that's like i mean shows don't get that no. if they get 8 million they're lucky right and so and and people love to root for people. Mm. And there was no other talent shows on. Now there's 12. Right, exactly. So what what did your family think? Were, were you a kid who was encouraged because of your talent to go and do this? Was your family supportive? How, how did mm. they react? They were very supportive growing up. Mm. Um, and it, You know, it was a double-edged sword because it was like, uh, supporting my talent, but it was like, but my father was, he actually said to me that I needed to change by the time I was 13. It was like, I was too, a sissy. Yeah. He actually used those words. Oh, uh, sorry. And, eh, you know, we all go through it. But uh, they were supportive in that my mom, you know, it was right by Tulsa, which was the biggest town nearest city. And so she took me to auditions when I was 10. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they they did as much as was available. Right. Um, but it was always with this, a little, not for my mom, but with my dad, a with a little sort of caveat, with a little warning, mm. you know? I remember once I was in the, we were in the car, my dad and I, we were playing the radio and it was like, whatever, Aretha singing Respect. And he turned to me and he said, why do you have to sing in the same octave? <laughs> and, I, and I said... Because I can. Yes, yes. <laughs> but how great! I don't think my father would have known octaves or you know punchlines <laughs> or anything showbiz right. related. You know. Well, my dad was a band director, a high school band director. Oh, how about that? And my mom was, uh, you know, she was like an actress in 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 high school. And we were talking about this the other day about laying on the floor in the living room on the gold shag carpet and her reading poetry to me. No. Yeah, and when I was in a play, she would want to cue me, right? Yeah. She would want to, when I was memorizing my lines, except Ro, she would read all the other parts, even if I wasn't in the scene. She would. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I'm not on this page. Doesn't matter. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit like that. We'll be right back with more of Sam Harris. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Now, when did you, were you worried at that time about, like, about gayness or being gay or people finding out where you, did you know you were gay that young? Did you, you know. At 10? No, no. When you were on Star Search, like 21 years old. Oh, God, yes. Yes. No, no, no. In fact, because I left home when I was 15. Oh, I did not know that. I had gone away for the summer to do, like, a to do Opryland. And Uh we lied about my age because I was only 15. And. My see, this is the thing. My parents, I call my son is fifteen. I would never. I can't imagine letting my child just go and work and live somewhere else at fifteen. Right. And they did. And I don't know if it's because they didn't feel like they had a choice because they had to respect. I needed to find my own tribe. I needed to find others like me. I knew it, but of course, you know, you don't. You want to change it. But I was very. I fell in love when I was sixteen. Good for you. And lived with the person I was in love with. When I was 16 and 17. Wow. And it was funny. There were four of us in sharing an apartment. And I didn't know. His name was Scott. Scott Pierce. And so Jason Graw. Do you remember, you know, Jason Graw from Broadway stuff? Anyway, he was from Tulsa too. We were newsboys in Gypsy when I was 10. Anyway, so he was at Opryland. So I knew someone. Yeah. And so he and I were roommates in one room. And Scott and this other guy were roommates in the other room. So Scott and I were in the same show and we were starting to fall in love and it was so, you know, sweet and simple and beautiful. And one day when no one was home, I moved all of Scott's stuff into my room <laughs> and I moved all of Jason's stuff into the other room. It was never mentioned. Oh my God, I love it. 
But I loved him. And it was the first time I fell in love. And then when I came back for this interim, before I went back again, I'd left home for good. Um, I became very, very depressed. Mm. And it wasn't so much, it wasn't as much guilt about being gay as it was that I had experienced love. And I thought in that climate of that time that I would never have it again, that I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be possible. The idea of marriage, Jesus Christ, the idea of a child, yes. impossible. And so I, my depression was, and I will never have this. And I tried to take my own life. Oh, baby. And um, obviously I was not successful. Thank God. But, the um, only thing you're yeah. not successful at is that. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. Hardly. Hardly. Well, you've had anyway. such a career, honey. You've had such a career. But you tried to take your life. Did your parents know? Was it a big thing? A hospitalization? Was it? No, they didn't know. Well, what happened? I took, I got pills from this kid at school, second all. And I took like 20 or 30 or whatever he gave me, a little sandwich baggie. And then my brother, my parents were out for the night. My brother stepped on a my grandmother's darning needle and it broke off in his foot. And he was screaming. And I was the only person to help him. And I went and threw up and threw up and helped him. And then neighbors came over. And then I drank a pot of coffee. And they hadn't been in my system long enough to completely take effect. Mm. But it was like a godsend. Yes. It was like a thing. protection. Somebody was protecting you. Something. Yeah. Yes. Something big. And by the way, not to bring this down, but just to touch on it, that little baby boy, that little baby brother, um, died a few weeks ago. Mm. Only 57. From what, and, sweetie? Um, from what? Um, from uh, congestive heart failure. <sighs> but a very troubled soul. But ultimately, the essence of him, God, talented. Oh, my God. I think I'm talented. This kid is like, he wrote, he produced, he sang. He was amazing. And I just got back from his memorial with my mom. And it was, uh, I don't want to stay too long on this, but there ain't nothing like a sibling, baby. Yes. You know? Yes. You know, my, my oldest brother, Eddie, went through that three years ago, and we almost lost oh. him. And he was in a coma. They put him in a coma. And no. Oh, but he now he has an LVAD. You know what that is? A pump in your body. I did. That, and, and you have my to, brother wouldn't get it. Well, he got it, and he has it, and he's you know doing well. And, and supposedly he's going to get a heart transplant at sixty three. Wow. And um, unbelievable. I, I, yeah, but I never have felt the dread and panic of the concept of losing him. I I couldn't I couldn't get stable or or uh you know around around that topic i was beside myself so i i we don't we can leave it because it's too heavy you know yes, it's let's too leave heavy it. exactly um, other things to talk about yeah first of all i finished and loved your book sam harris you are such a good writer you are such a good thank you i read this book and i was like this is a movie i can see this in my mind it it read like some kind of famous successful novelist who 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 threw these out like John Irving just throw another one out like you know Pat Conroy right and oh my god honey i was blown away the substance of all things how did this book come about was it delivered to you like a song is 
to an artist because it feels like you were channeling something. Well, first of all, thank you. And you were texting me as you were going through it. And it meant so much to me that you were so moved by it. Um, after I wrote my first book, which was a memoir, Ham. Ham, yes. Um, which then became a show, which then became a TV thing. I went through a writer's block. Mm. And I don't do, I mean, I don't, uh, I kind of like, okay, I'm assigned to do something. I have to do something. And I just, it just, this, I didn't know what to write. Um, because my, my, uh, editor, uh, my publisher, Simon and Schuster said, we don't want you to write another sort of David Sedaris kind of thing, right. essays and stuff. We want you to write fiction. You have the chops. We want you to write fiction. I was dead. I couldn't, I, I had no concept of that. It sounds so large. Yes, writing yes. fiction. And so I, I could get past it. And actually Danny and I were at, uh, for you listeners, Danny is my husband. And he's the Danny lovely. and I were at some friend's house. Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, Doug and Paula's. And I was telling my friend Doug, he said, well, you don't, don't, normally you just kind of go. And I said, I can't get attached to anything. And he looked at me and he said, okay, let's talk. And he started talking about my childhood and in Oklahoma and growing up and different things. And this, there's an essence of autobiographical stuff in this. I don't want to, I don't really want to touch on it but it, what it did was inspired me to start thinking about this this time in my life and i said do you have a legal pad and a pen mm. and so for instead of spending the evening with our friends i sat in a corner and started writing notes and then it was kind of like what you said mm. it just started kind of coming and thankfully i typed very fast and <laughs> i sometimes i didn't know what was going to happen until it happened and i didn't know what they were going to say until they said it I had a broad view of it, but then, uh, as you know, it's in two parts. It's current, yes, where it's a, the adult Theo is the protagonist. He's a, who's a therapist, and it looks back on his life as a twelve-year-old boy in rural Oklahoma in nineteen sixty-nine. And I only wrote the old, the first one, the boy book first, mm. and then my editor said, "What happens to Theo?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" He said, "What happens to him?" Yeah. And then I started thinking, and then I wrote the whole second part, and it just kind of came together. It was, I write fast and I edit slow. Got it. You know? Yeah. But thank you. Thank you. This book means it's my finest, most proudest work of anything I've ever done. Listen, it it blew me away, Sam. It blew me away. I was unprepared. I did not see you at all in the book. I didn't think that there was... Auto, I I was transfixed by these characters with deformed hands and and the scary man in the house and like I was completely enthralled in this book and I found I found I was like I was stunned. What what are you going to do wow. with it? Please tell me you're making it into something. Are you well, allowed to talk about this part? I'm not allowed to be specific. Okay, but I can tell you that. Um, uh, it is in development for a film. Great. First, it was brought to me or said to me, this is a mini series. Okay, like a limited, a limited series. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote it. I wrote it in five parts in five hours. I'm not five. Yeah, five hours. I didn't write it in five hours. Right. I was, <laughs> was going to say, come on segment. now, mister. <laughs> <clears throat> and so when that was done, then I took it to this, uh, this uh, studio guy. And he read the first two episodes and said, I was wrong. This is a feature. Mm. Well, that's what I 
preferred anyway. But if I hadn't gone through the process of editing a 400-something page book into five hours, I never would have been able to bring it down to two. Right, right. You know, so it really was a part of that. And that's hard. Yes. You have to get rid of, you have to kill, get rid of things that yeah, yeah. aren't essential. And I wrote him once and I'm like, there is a trail of behind me of blood. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was hard. Just, yeah. But you but have then, to do that. Know, now, now, are you the only writer or did they, you're the I writer am. of the, of the screenplay? I am. And I didn't want to do it. Really? Because I'm, I'm at an age. Me too, sweetie. Where, I'm at an age where I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to wear all the hats. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do it. I want somebody better than me. I want somebody who's going to bring things to it that I can't possibly, that can see from the outside. I adamantly did not want to do it. Well, they said, you're the only person can write it. And I did. I was reticent. And then I got pneumonia and I had nothing to do. <laughs> so I wrote the so, so So I wrote it. Um and the next steps is now we're in development. Uh, there are directors in mind. There are some casting things in mind that you and I have shared. Which but I can't is really wonderful. Say. Every choice is wonderful. Every choice. Thank you, honey. And uh, you. I wish you nothing but the best with that. I really do. I, I, I think it's going to, again, launch you into a different career path than you've had up till now. You've, you've done so many things, honey. Broadway shows, movies, musicals, like... You've done so many things, and that you also have this in you is Thank is you. astounding. It really is. Now well, we're about that means the, a lot to me. We're about the same age, you and me, and um, we are. And uh, I'm older than you. Why one year? Come on. Yeah. Now, okay. do you think about what you want for this final third chapter of our lives? You know, thirty to sixties. Hmm. You know, uh, thirty yeah. one to thirty, thirty to sixty, and now on. What what? Do you want to? I notice you don't. I notice you don't say thirty or whatever. It's to thirty, thirty to sixty, and sixty to ninety. You didn't say that. You just said sixty on. Well, because I can't um, imagine living to ninety. I can't imagine. I know, it. right? You know, the O'Donnells. You know they don't. They don't survive that long usually. But you never oh, know. No. You never know. You're a survivor. Correct. Um, when my son was born in 2008, I knew. I made the choice. Not to be on the road in concert. We were living in Los Angeles. I made the choice not to go to New York to do Broadway show um, because it would upend my family. And, you know, with a Broadway show, you don't know if it's going to close in two weeks. Correct. And so I made a choice. And that's how the first book came about. Because I could be here. I could be a parent. And I could. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've sacrificed some things for myself, but certainly not regrettably. Right. Uh, so you talk about this third chapter. I love, I, I, I will always sing. Of course. I will always sing. But I love writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, you talk about this chapter with the writing. I love writing. I, I love directing. And so as much as, and I, and I, I love acting, you know, I love, you know, what's funny. And I think you're exactly the same way. Whatever I'm doing is what I love the most. Exactly. At the moment. Correct. You know, whatever I'm doing is like, oh, this is what I, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Because if I was doing a new show, which I would love to now Cooper's 15. Right. And would I do a Broadway show now? Yeah. I'll schlep them over and we'll figure it out. Right. Right. Um, and if that's what I was doing, then that would be all I want to do. Right, right. But uh, looking outside of that, I love, I love uh, 
the process of of writing yeah. and creating and the book that again is me. the substance of all things you can get it at Amazon or if there yeah. is a bookstore in your town you're lucky go to it support it <laughs> uh, if not you know click your way to this beautiful beautiful book the substance of all things by Sam Harris so uh, thank you baby more with Sam Harris after this Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. I love uh, the way you do family, Sam. You do family in a beautifully consistent way, prioritizing all three of you and 
the friends that you hold dear like family. And, um, it's admirable and you, you've done a lot to protect it. And it's very, uh, touching to me to see how committed you are to being a present parent and partner. Thank you, especially from you, because you are above all family and you always have been. Yeah. And I remember when your first babies came. Yes. And, um, you keep getting new ones. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and now at almost 62, I got a call the other day and the guy was like, do you know anybody? And I'm like, please don't, don't call me and ask me this. It's too tempting. It's too, like, even though <laughs> I know dare. it's in, that's what every single friend and therapist says. Don't you dare. <laughs> but now with uh, little clay, um, I have my hands full. You know, in a way well, that I never did before. Well, but now you're ready for it. Yes. I don't know that you would have been ready for this prior to this. And it's yeah. confusing. And Clay is extraordinary. And they are smart and funny and creative and complicated. Complicated. And, and complicated. But you know what comes with, you know... Like my, my parents had me when they were, you know, in their early, early, early twenties. Mm. And the great thing about that age when you have kids is you have all this energy. But the great thing about our age is you know how to utilize less energy to be more effective. Yes. And we have that life experience. And in your case, particularly that parent experience, mm. you know, they're going to be okay. You go step by step, day by day. And I, you do it beautifully when I watch you with them. It's remarkable. Well, you know, and I, I, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, my shrink said that, you know, the death of your mother, you're still trying to recover from by mothering. Hmm. <laughs> you just keep hmm. mothering because you, you never uh, got to do that story as the way you wanted it. And I have to tell you that this uh, January, they turn 11. And I was so wow. worried that during her 10th year, I was going to die like happened to me. Oh, honey. Yes, yeah, so I'm so happy to get to January 7th because I know it's like, okay, the, we're out of that danger zone. Now, God knows, you know, who, that's magical thinking, but it, it, uh, it was hard for me. It was hard for me to, you know, and that's why I moved to Malibu and took care of myself in a different way and got a chef. And, you know, I want to commit myself to being here for her, you know? Well, for them. Isn't it Sorry. easier? Yeah. Is, yes. Isn't it easier sometimes? And I know it's not supposed to be this way. But, well, I guess it is. It's easier to do it for someone else, particularly our children. Mm. Because you experience that at 10 years old, and you want to be around as long as you can be, and, and uh, healthy, and present. Yes. You know, I mean, my... My mother is 85. I moved her from Oklahoma. I shouldn't say I moved mm -hmm. her. It was all of her own volition. My father died four years ago. We kind of thought that she was going to spring from that. But then COVID happened. Then her best friend died from COVID. Oh, so she, and then she was sequestered. And so now she said, I want to move here. And I was so grateful because I realized that since I was 16 years old, I've never spent more than two weeks a year with her because of holiday. You know what I mean? Yes. Now I get her full time. Um, but... Having lost my brother, and it doesn't matter how old you are or how old the child is, it is, it is something beyond my understanding of grief. Yes. 
a parent losing their child. But I see it and I watch it. Mm. And uh, I am, it's our job to take care of them, but it's our job to take care of us. We want to be around. We want to be there for any circumstance. And as we know, it's up and down and sideways and you just roll with it and you love, love, love. And that's what you do really well. Cooper is adored and it's obvious. He is a secure, handsome, tall, you know, strapping, strapping young athletic boy. And, uh, he, he just moves with a confidence that comes from being cherished, you know? Well. I, I thank you. But you know, when he was very little and I would sing to him, mm. he would put his hands over his ears oh my and God. be like, stop. <laughs> and I would be, do you, do, do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you have any idea? Yes. People pay. People, People pay, pay to pay see to daddy do this. do this. And it's, and it's free for you. Yeah. And you don't want it. Uh, it was hysterical. He's not into theater at all. Yeah. My kids. He's either. not into my kind of, my kind of music. It's like, who, where did this, what? Yeah, Nothing. There's exactly. no nature, nurture. It's totally nature with him. Um, but you know, he, like you said, he's tall. He's six one. Yeah. And a couple of times, Ro, he has puffed, gotten up close to me in my face and kind of puffed up. Ooh. Like, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh buddy, oh, oh, oh. you're crossing I a said, dangerous line. They, I said, you will never be bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, that's his first year in therapy right there, right? He's going to be, you know what my father said to me, you know? Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. How is it having your mom around? How uh, do you just love every moment of it? Is it just all you've dreamed? Because I it imagine is. my mother being alive and what would we be doing? How would it be working? You know, and, and so I, I think it must be glorious. It's, it is glorious. She lives 10 minutes from me. I see her almost every day. We talk several times a day. And I, I am so grateful. I, I'm so grateful. She's a joy. She's funny. She's smart. She fetches about everything. <laughs> and we just kind of try to find a left. She's in a retirement place, yeah, right? Yeah. Independent living. And so she's found a network of people. Good. And I'm so grateful that she came here in August. And three months into my brother dying, because she's settled, she does have a network, and I can't imagine her being in that town, because they lived in the same town, Sand Springs. Without him, yes. Without him and sitting in her house alone, and what? then I would have had to bring her here now anyway. Mm. So it is a blessing. It is a blessing. And Ro, I will say to you, I know that you believe this. You're talking about what would we be doing, mm. and your mother is doing everything with you. Right. I know that. Right. She's she's in your heart. You carry her with you. And, you know, I know you're honest about everything, but the issues with your dad and all that stuff mm. is completely, your mother's relationship supersedes all of that. Right, right. And and it's with you. And just like my brother, we carry it on. Yes. And you know what? The other thing about being a parent is it makes you a better person than you really want to be. Yes. <laughs> you have to. You know, the, you got to show up for them. I don't always show up for myself, but I will show up for right. them. Right. Well, even just like modeling behavior. This morning yes. I was taking him to school and it's very trafficy. And he's like, I've got finals. I've got finals today. And he's not really, he's very low key, much more low key than Danny and me. So we're driving and there's a lot of traffic. And I'm letting people in. Yes. The lane. Right. What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, and I said, there's always time to let someone in. It's uh. going to take us 10 seconds difference. Now, if he wasn't in the car, 
Yeah. <laughs> I might be like, get out of my way, motherfucker. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. But they make us be our best person. And it's actually true that they make us be our best person when we're not with them. Well, you know, um, Clay was very upset about all the homeless people that they saw mm. on the way to and from school. And mm-hmm. they're like, you know, we have to do something. We have to do something. Well, Every time I see a homeless person, I say to her, do you think they need money? And uh, they will say yes, or, you know, or sometimes they say no, which I think is interesting. But um, right. my giving the her the chance to make a difference, it makes yes. a difference to her and and to them. And we don't, sh- they don't like, <laughs> it's so hard for me that they, I'm doing I it. I know, I know, I know. They, uh, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. They uh, are not very brave in, in public places, like stores mm-hmm. is a big right. overstimulation yes. for them. And uh, just last week, we were at the gas station and they wanted uh, candy and I said, do you want me to give you the money and you go in and do it yourself? And they looked at me and they said, do you know me at all? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll come oh with you. God. I'll come with you. We'll okay. go together. You're talking about, I have to do a plug go. for an organization. Go. Because you're talking about the homeless. Yes. And if you want to be in touch, if you live in Los Angeles, it's called Food on Foot. And every Sunday for the last like 20 years come Rain, shine, hell, high water, whatever. The homeless come and they are provided with, um, you know, food and essentials and hygiene things and stuff. And volunteers come and give out things. They walk down with bags and you have a one-on-one experience looking someone in the face. It gives them a program to get themselves settled. They give them thousands of dollars and help find, find apartments and jobs. And the people who go through this program then become mentors for other people. Mm. Food on foot. Food it's on foot. Amazing. Def- definitely. Now, can okay. anyone show now you up? Come and do it with us. That's what anyone, I was going to say. I would. To- I would bring them with me. Can the kid go? Okay. Yes. 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 And here's the thing: you go on food on foot. Find it on 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 the web, and you pay like twenty five bucks to come and volunteer. Right. Cooper and I go often. It's really important. He was very scared and nervous in the beginning. Mm. These are strangers, some of them not in the best shape, mm-hmm. and it has taken down some of that fear of the unknown. But I do bring friends and stuff, and so you and Clay are going to come with me, and I, uh, I, I assure you it will have an effect on them. Yeah. And you. Yeah, and you, for sure. Because it's face-to-face. You're with people. One-on-one. It's on one. writing it's a, one, a check. Yes. It's a one-on-one thing. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to be on the same playing field as as all the uh-huh. other humans I love so much, you know? Because we ain't so special, are we? No, we ain't, honey. <laughs> and and I don't even know if I want to, what you were saying at the beginning, if I want to work now in this final third of my, of my life. Uh, like, I, uh-huh. I have this little one, and they need my, my presence in a very big way. I uh, kind of need to stay home. I love doing this podcast, getting to talk to my friends, getting to talk to new people, things that interest me, topics that are hard. And, right. uh, and I get to do it at my house like this. It's like the, exactly. perfect, the perfect thing for me. So what I'm doing, I love, as you said, and this is what I'm doing now. And I want to thank you for coming on it, too, honey. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, when you asked me to do this, and you asked me right after you read the book, you've got to come on. Yes, you've got to come no, on. I love the book, honey. 
And I'm grateful and I love you so much. I really Listen, do. Listen, I go do back. too. We go back to the very beginning of our careers. And you know what? Let's mm-hmm. let's do the end of our careers as besties too, because I, uh, I would. I guarantee you, I promise. All right, honey. I love you so much. The Substance of All yeah. Things is the book that you can get someone you love for Christmas. They will fall in love with it and thank you. And uh, I love you. I love Danny. I love Cooper. And we'll see each other after this uh, New Year's. Mwah. I love you. Thank you. Sam Harris. We'll be back with more after this. Oh, geez, I love that guy. I really do. Okay, listen, so we're not going to do any questions today because when we come back from our holiday break, On January 16th, the entire show will be me answering or listening to you and your comments and questions. It's one of my favorite parts of Onward. I never get to see the questions before I hear them live. And um, we sometimes feel like, I wish we had more time to do more questions. So we're doing a whole show with your voice memos. We'll play some of the old ones we never got to and some new ones that you guys are about to send in. Send in your questions and comments. Please, please, if you can keep them under two minutes, it would be really easy for our editor because we hate cutting it out. We want to keep it succinct and 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 not edit what you guys uh, want to talk about. Uh, send me a voice memo. Send it to onwardrosie at gmail.com. And before I go, I wanted to thank everybody for being so supportive in this adventure. You know, I said, onward, you said, okay, let's. And here we are. It means the world to me to be with you guys while we stumble through this wacky and sometimes way too dark universe together, knowing we have each other's backs however we can, especially if we listen to each other and work together to protect humanity with love and acceptance. And it's a requirement, right? It should be. I wish uh, nothing but the best for you, your family's health, happiness, and peace. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah that already passed. Celebrate it all and uh, have a wonderful, happy, safe New Year's. I will see you in 2024. Until then, this is me, Rosie O'Donnell, on Onward. Peace out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? 
M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, Peanut Butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of Peanut Butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.